Monday and we can wait for first day of practice. Guys reporting six days and then you got this weekend. Uh, the pool party. I want to go to the pool party just to like hang out, see what's happening out there. I've had it explained to me, but like I feel like it's one of those things that like you just can't really say too much because what happens at the pool party stays at the pool party. It's like Las Vegas, right? I'm only kidding. It's Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. It's now time for Recruiting Country presented by Caprock Health System, a faster patient-centered revolution in care with two ERs in the BCS. You got the original 24-hour ER in South College Station on William D. Fitch and the full-service hospital with ER in Bryan on Briarcrest online at caprockhealthsystem.com. And with that, we go to the BCSI hotline. Jason Howell with us. What up, Jason? Oh, same old man. It's going to be... Uh... It should be a good uh, few days, uh, you know, and uh, looking forward to an, an interesting weekend. Well, I, I want to do this, and maybe I'll talk to Kennedy or to Anna Rosa or to Dalton or somebody to do this. Every time we have music and a guest on Zoom, every time, yeah. there's bobbing of the head. And you, my friend, were bobbing quite a bit. I want to do a compilation. Like, I want to do that. Oh, yeah, man. I, I get into it, man. You got to get hyped up, ready to go. Speaking to Dave Nuno. Let's go. It's about to go down. Yep. That's right. We've, we've known each other a long time, man. Um, I, I want to talk to you about where you are with AM recruiting and where you've been these last couple of months because I feel like as fans, there's the ebb and flow, like, oh, and then social media plays its part. But if you listen to you, you listen to Billy, you listen to Bronny, and you listen to Jimbo Fisher, things ain't that bad. <laughs> no, and, and you know, I, I get it. I get the, uh, you know, seeing, you know, prospects commit other schools. You know, you got LSU and Georgia and Alabama and Oklahoma and all these schools picking up commitments. And, and as analysts, I'll be honest, we, I think we, we thought we'd see a little bit more action as well. Um, you know, from, from A&M as far as commitments go in, in June and July. And, you know, when that doesn't happen, uh, you, yeah, you're going to get some pushback. Hey, what, where's all this stuff you're talking about? You know, that's, that's going to happen. And, but I, I haven't really doubted, you know, what they're going to do and what they're going to put together. Uh, we've always said they're going to put together an elite class and, you know, it's, they, there's still a ton of options there. Uh, it is a going to be a small group, but it's going to be a very strong group that I think, you know, fans look back on in a few months ago. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's the good stuff, you know. So uh, there's, yeah, there, there's never been a doubt that that uh, things were gonna gonna pick up at some point. Um, and um, you know, I, I think AM's in a great spot to do some big things. Now they're they're in that spot. I, I love doing this exercise because I think it brings people a little peace of mind. Remind people a year ago today, roughly, some of the storylines that were out there and where AM was with some of these high caliber guys that they ended up getting. Well, yeah, I mean AM uh the receiver uh was awful. You had just lost Isaiah Satania. Um you uh you had, you know, one of your big uh targets from Georgia commit to Ohio state over you. I mean, there were, you know, there were guys that weren't even on the radar at the time. And, you know, really, you know, you were looking at, at being a long shot for Walter Nolan and Shamar Stewart. And a lot of these guys that ended up in the class. Um, but, 
Yeah, yeah. That, Evan Stewart, are you kidding me? That wasn't going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, you, you look back in a few months and things have a way of changing, um, it, you know, and for A&M last year, a lot of it circulated around that Alabama game. Uh, the big game day atmospheres in the fall um, played a huge role. And uh, just that camaraderie of the class uh, that started a lot at the pool party. But if you look back, I mean, how many commits happened at the pool party? There weren't a whole lot of commits that happened at the pool party. But that's where you look and see a lot of that big momentum that really started to to roll for that 22 class. Why the pool party? Not why do they do it, but why or how? Maybe how is the better way of asking, is it so successful? Well, I think it's like anything that Jimbo and these guys do uh, from a recruiting standpoint. It's, you know, every, it's a real relaxed atmosphere, but the, and these, these, these guys are able to see the coaches, you know, off the field, you know, get to know uh, them and their families, get to know, you know, each other, you know, it's a, it's, it, it is a chance to kind of let the walls come down and see how real is this person? You know, how gen- you see it all the time. Genuineness uh, is something that recruits and their families raved about uh, with this coaching staff. And it's not just Jimbo, it's the entire staff. And they see the vision, you know, uh, they, they do a great job of, you know, when they do talk about, hey, this is what's happening at A&M, um, they do a good job of presenting the plan and saying, hey, this is – here's some things that we've already done and here's where we want to go. And here's how you can be a part of it. And people, and I'm sorry, go ahead, Jason, go ahead. No, I mean, and that, that, that painting of the picture is something that this staff does as, as well as anybody in the country. I think people forget to how down on the wire, some of these things go. Um, Anthony Lucas, I was listening to his conversation there with Lucci yesterday, like, the night before, he wasn't sure. Like you know, <laughs> it, it like some sometimes these things just are not going to happen. You know, six months before we want them to happen. Well, and uh, you know, I've been on the wrong end of some some predictions uh, over the last few months. You know, um, there were some guys that I think some A and M fans thought were going to go their way, um, and me include me. You know. As an analyst, there were some guys I thought were going to go AM's way, but what happened didn't really shake up the board too much. There's, like I said, so, um, and, and things have a way of changing over time. Uh, so, you, it's, like I said, it's never, it's recruiting. It's not over until the ink is dry, even in this new NIL era. I don't want to talk about another school too much, but I want to ask you this about Texas the <laughs> fact that they've gotten the class that they have this early uh, in comparison to other schools that have done well this early in the process is the retention typically good when we're talking july with a bigger class or does it kind of change uh it depends uh but you know i think what they're building on is they're selling arch and the future Mm -hmm. as much as they are what they're going to bring to the table presently and i think that helps solidify that group um they do have um, a, a strong core um, as far as, uh, they, you know, Jonte Cook's kind of taken on a mouthpiece role in that class. And, and I think that's, that's, you know, something that, you know, that, that can help rally uh, that group. 
and it's a it's a good solid class um with some with some quality pieces and you know i i think it's uh i think it's set up to where they're you know they may lose a couple here and there but uh, i bet that that group uh sticks together pretty pretty solidly unless the wheels just completely fall off in austin Help us understand what's going on with David Hicks. Um, I know that some people are concerned that he's not expected to show up this weekend, but uh, you tell us the whole story when it comes to DJ. Well, he's he's been a, a guy that's A&M has made a top priority for a long time. He has an incredible relationship with uh, Coach Robinson, who's been recruiting him since his freshman year. Uh, they've been to A&M several times, and including a few times, a couple times, I want to say, in the summer. Uh, even and I think he's going to go up to Oklahoma for I think they're having a uh, an event on that Saturday and I think that's got some people worried a little bit Um, but you know Hicks has has always had a an affinity for Texas A&M and um, you know A&M continues to be a big player there Uh, and I would if I'm predicting right now, I think A&M would, is the leader. Um, and, um, you know, that, but they're going to, he's a five-star player. He's the number one prospect in the state. And um, you're going to have some competition with that. What's so um, he's not planning to announce anything until uh, the Under Armour All-American game, I think. So it's going to be a long time. Uh, it's going to play out over the course of the fall and uh, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I, I feel pretty confident about where AM sits right now with, with David and, uh, and his family. I'm curious what your thoughts are here. So there's so much talk about prior season mattering. So last year uh-huh. AM goes uh, eight and four, but everybody focuses on the orange bowl victory because that's really when the recruiting got tight. What have you heard about A&M last season with their eight and four in regards to the way they're being recruited this year and what the others are saying out there and how much of it was injury that is, you know, maybe what are kids thinking about last season? How about that? Better phrased. I I think people look at um, also the number one recruiting class. I know with Chase Basantis, he wanted, you know, it's an iron sharpens iron type of guy. He, he uh, really wants to compete and having that, that class helped, you know, uh, helped him make his decision that he can get better in practice as much as he can on game day. Um, but in regards to last fall, um, it, it does, it, it plays a little bit of a picture, a, a part, but like you said, I, I think anybody that watched last year, uh, a lot of those losses were close. Um, and you know, it's, it's just about saying, Hey, yeah, we got to get over that hump. And you can see, you know, with some improved play, not just at quarterback, but other areas. And, you know, as as with a healthier team uh, and more depth, which uh, this year we should see, um, you know, I think you'll you know, I think that that picture is being painted for for the guys in this class. And they see the promise that that A&M has to offer. Um, yeah, you, you continue to hear national championship talk from, from these guys. And I think they fu- truly believe it and they have that mindset. Jason, let's talk a little bit about Chase Basantis. You brought up there a, a moment ago. Um, you know, when we talk about this offensive line being nasty here over the next couple of years, he certainly fits that mold. Yeah. And talking to, uh, 
Coach Sabella out of Don Bosco, man, he could not have raved uh, any any more than he did about Chase. He 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 talked about his, you know, just he talked about teachers walking by the weight room <laughs> so they could watch Chase work out, um, and that you know how how much of a team team guy he is, his work ethic, and you see it. He's a blue collar guy on the field. He is a play to the echo, the whistle guy, and he's immensely talented. Um, he is a, you know, he, one of the things he loved about Texas A&M with, was not just his relationship with Coach Adazio, but the type of coach Coach Adazio is. He wants to be coached hard. And, you know, it takes a certain type of mentality uh, to want that. And, you know, when you have a, have your, right now your highest rated recruit in a class that has that mentality, it tends to trickle down to the rest in that class and in the trenches, it's invaluable. So he's a high character, um, you know, powerful, strong athletic guy who could play any position up and down the offensive front. How important could his relationship with uh, TJ play in TJ's uh, potential, uh, not only recruitment, but commitment? I think it's uh, pretty big. I mean, they have really bonded over the course of the recruiting process as they as they've gotten to know each other. Um, they they have a similar mentality. They play with. Uh, if you watch their tape, they're very similar on the field as well. Um, they they love to grind their opponent into the ground and uh, just really overwhelm and and play with a mean streak in the trenches. Uh, so there's, I think they've really clicked personality wise and, um, you know, the idea of playing together, uh, is something that they've made very, you know, they, they haven't promised it, but they've made it very clear that that would be pretty cool in their eyes. Anything new or any little, uh, background you can give us on, uh, the linebacker, Anthony Hill. Uh, he's, he's headed to the pool party. Um, A&M has been in a really good position there, um, and, uh, you know, he continues to keep in touch with the AM staff on a regular basis. Um, nothing real new there. Um, but, um, you know, his, um, he's had a timeline that's been kind of early fall. Um, so, you know, I expect AM to be right there with it when, whenever that time comes. Are there other linebackers that potentially could show up this weekend? Darian Gallette is, uh, is on the list. Uh, there's been some questions about whether or not he he could he will show or whatever. Uh, but at last check, you know, uh, I, I still feel pretty good about the chances he shows up. And you know, if he does, you know, I think that's a good good thing for a And Yeah, if he does show up. So how how do you feel about things today when it comes to Gillette? I, I I still feel pretty good. Like I said, I I think he, you know. At, I'm predicting he shows up, and like I said, that, so that's uh, that to me uh, puts A&M in a great spot. Uh, again, he's kept in close contact with the A&M staff throughout the last few months. Um, they've, you know, been in touch about you know his injury and just, you know, just giving him, you know, the, uh, you know, um, uh, I guess uh, you know, just things to help, you know, lift him up and, um, you know, get, you know keep him moving and, and going and things like that, motivating, uh, you know, quotes and things like that. So he's, he's, uh, 
he's definitely in play for for a and m and and somebody that uh, i think uh, they they still have a pretty good shot at considering the fact that some kids have come to this multiple times um mm-hmm. sometimes we shouldn't read too much into the fact that they may not be coming this year but does a and m do anything to try to recreate or kind of differentiate each pool party i'll be honest i i don't know um I get the feeling that it's probably it's it's not cookie cutter. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's all about the people involved, and you, you know, you got the team. Um, it's it's about building that family atmosphere and and showing what what A and M can be all about, and uh, just kind of uh, having a day at the pool, eating some good food, and uh, maybe talking a little ball. Well said, brother. Let's hit a break here. We'll come back. If anybody has some questions for Jason, you can do that on the A and B text line. or, of course, the BCSI hotline, that same number, 979-693-1150. It is Recruiting Country with Jason Howell here on TechSags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Recruiting Country is also presented by Caprock Health System. All right, TechSags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. We call it Caprock Health System. Uh, recruiting country, and uh, they are a facet patient center revolution in, in care with two ERs in the BCS. You've got the original 24-hour ER in South College Station on William D. Fitch and the full-service hospital with ER uh, in Bryan on Briarcrest, online at caprockhealthsystem.com. We've got Jason Howell on the BCSI hotline. Got a couple questions coming in for you. Uh, let's go back to Anna Rosa Peterson uh, at the News and Social Center. She's got B in Austin and Floyd for you. Yes, Floyd says, any info on... Okay, Forgive me because I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Tassili Akana or Jeremiah Love in our chance with each. Well, Akana came in uh, this summer uh, for an unofficial visit. I I believe his sister uh, transferred to Texas for volleyball. So uh, look for those Longhorns to be very involved there. Um, The Aggies have been in the mix, uh, you know, I know everybody hates it when I say in the mix, but the, I mean, they're a player. They're, you know, I wouldn't say they're the favorite, but they are involved and uh, have been recruiting him. And um, yeah, as far as Jeremiah Love, he had some amazing things to say about Coach Robinson, uh, Coach Tommy Robinson, the running backs coach and, and Texas A&M after his first visit, uh, which was his official earlier in the summer. And um, I know Notre Dame has really made a big push for him. And, you know, uh, coming into this visit, I might lean towards uh, the Irish being the favorite. Uh, But uh, getting him back on campus uh, for the pool party this weekend, uh, big, that's a big move. And uh, it's a great opportunity for A&M who, uh, you know, is looking for a top five running back. And Jeremiah Love looks to be that. Anna Rosa? B in Austin asks, what are the odds the Ags pick up two more over the next week? I like the chances. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I would take I would I would take that bet and say uh, yeah, that they, they get a couple of commits in the next week or so. So uh you know uh, I there there are a few guys that are close um going into the pool party. I'll throw a few out there. Uh you know, TJ Shanahan. Uh, looks like he he's on the verge of some things, uh, and AM's in a great position there. Um, you got Dalton Brooks uh, is another one I know we've mentioned in the you know in the last in-home visit there um, that that seems to be kind of close to some things and and um, 
who knows? Um, you know, there's there's a few other prospects out there that uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him make a move in the next. Well, maybe not the next week, but the next few. Jason, do you play poker? No, I suck at poker. I just uh, I'm not I'm not very good with the cards. But uh, I was gonna yeah. say your face is like telling me something. Like I'm trying to read into it. Maybe I'm reading into nothing, but don't, your face is telling don't me. Don't read feel into good. it. I'm okay. just uh, my eyes look like they're about to pop out of my head most of the time anyway. So uh, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it, but yeah, I feel really good about good. things over the next few weeks. Uh, if not the next week. And I, I think you'll see some, some things happen. Uh, in in terms of the class growing. Um, so there you go. Hey, J- Jason, let me add that to the, to the entire thing too, is the, the fact that, I've heard on this show from from our guys, Luch and, and Ronnie, and, and I think for, even from you, there might be people out there that we're not even thinking about that are thinking about A&M right now. Yeah, and, and we've talked about it, uh, you know, in the visitor thread. People, oh, man, this 23 group, it's good, but uh, it doesn't stack up to last year, whatever. Um, you'll see some names on that list, I think, by this weekend that, um, that aren't on there yet. And... Um, and you'll see some names, some prospects that that are looking at A and M uh, that um, that maybe outside of College Station, um, the uh, it, it may not look as promising. Anna Rosa, you got any more? Yes, we have three more as of right now. One person asks, any word on Dalton Brooks? Not much talk in Shiner on his decision. Uh, like I, I said, you know, he's he's expected to uh, be in College Station for the pool party, and AM's been in a great position there. Uh, he's had high interest uh, in um, in in the Aggies over the course of his recruiting process. I'm sure Bravion uh, Rogers has been in his ear a little bit, and um, and uh, as well as several other members of the class. So um, a and looks like they're in a good position there. And we'll see exactly what his timeline is uh, as far as a commitment. All right, let's try to get a, another one in, Anna Rosa. Do you all miss the actually only signing day in February? It's kind of weird having all these guys commit before August signing day show used to be a fun time. I think it's still fun. I mean, last year was like the best signing Man. show ever in the history of the shows. I think there's still plenty of drama out there. Um, and uh, it's still a lot of fun following it. Um I don't think it's watered down things much at all. Uh, shoot, you, you, I know people were sweating coming down to February last year with a few big targets still left on the board. How about Austin Novosad? Um, I know Notre Dame is making their move, um, but potentially we might see him here. Yeah, it's looking like he's going to be in town on Friday. He uh, was at Notre Dame uh, yesterday. Um you know, and uh, from what I understand, had a great visit. Uh, Notre Dame really gave him a lot to think about. Um, A&M, though, I think uh, A&M is, uh, is, is right there. We'll see what happens um, with this Friday visit. And what ha- I think he's also expected to visit Baylor um, on Saturday. So we'll see what happens there. Definitely something A&M fans should be uh, clued into and watching closely. He's Definitely a priority target. Jason, do these kids at all even pay attention to this conference expansion stuff last year with Texas and OU, this year with what's happening in the Big Ten, some of the rumblings out there, do they even care? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of Texas' recruiting pitch and OU is, hey, 
<laughs> we're going to be in the SEC. So, you know, that that's uh, that's definitely something that uh, they're hearing about and paying attention to, um, especially from schools that know where they're going to be going. Um, so uh, it may not be the biggest factor, but it is something they're watching. That is Jason Howell on the BCSI hotline. Jason, good stuff, man. I assume you'll be in town here soon. Absolutely. I can't wait. Getting there on Friday. Ready to do some do some work. You know what I need to do? I need to just like sleep in the office because when you guys head to the studio, I always know that's uh, something big is happening. I'm going to stick around and see what you guys are up to. I'm going to be an investigative reporter in my own company. Get after it, man. You're always welcome. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm kidding. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate your time, bro. Hey, anytime, man. Thank you. Jason Howell. All right. Right now we're talking about the Association of Former Students, Aggie Park. I say it weird because I I, I just want to be there. I just want to enjoy like the trees and like the Wi-Fi and the ice cream. Okay, I'm, I'm lying about the ice cream. I'm not going to go to the ice cream place. But I'm excited about Aggie Park and our good friends there at the Association of Former Students have donated Aggie Park to this uh, wonderful university. That's what they do. They're givers. They love to give. They've been doing it for over 140 years. The Association of Students wants to give back to Aggies all around the world. That is the most inspiring tradition that Aggies do, is Aggies helping other Aggies. And uh, they've been doing it because they love giving scholarships, Aggie Man help, Silver Taps help, Green Day help, class reunions. That is what the association does. The why behind it is um, you. You're the why. Uh, they love giving to Aggies, and you are part of their story. So look in the mirror and also go to IamTheWhy.com. IamTheWhy.com is a website with a collection of stories about Aggies, about how the association has impacted them, and how these people have gone through tough times, great times, journeys at AM and beyond. It is like a YouTube just for Aggie stories. You want to check it out. IamTheWhy.com is the website. IamTheWhy.com. It is the association of former students. All right, we're back to XX Radio. Got one rap song on today. Just one. Come on, guys. Uh, we are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. So let's uh, go around all the things happening in college football with Jim Weber of uh, Lost Letterman fame. We remember uh, Lost Letterman very well, and he's been on the show before. He was on up to the second college football last year, and he's on the BCSI hotline now. Jim, what's going on, man? Hey, thanks for having me. Excited for college football to get started. Yeah, man. Let's uh, Let's get into it. So... We're talking Big Ten Media Days right now, I guess, because uh, top of mind was some expansion talk. I haven't seen the news from today, but just over the last 24 hours, anything stick out at you of what's happening there in the Big Ten? Yeah, I think it's interesting listening to Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, talking about uh, how active they want to be in expansion and talking about the college football playoff expanding to possibly 16 teams. Um, he voted against the expansion to 12 teams, so now with the talk of 16 teams, I think that was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, a little bit of a surprise. Um, but is it a surprise? Because everything in college football is changing, right? Like when you think about, you know, it's going to be a 14 playoff. It's going to be an 18 playoff, a 12 team, maybe a 16 team. And we're going to pay players and we're going to allow them to transfer whenever they want. Like all these things are happening in a really short period of time. Well, yeah, everything as of up to a, a year ago, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, when they went to the SEC, then when NIL, um, we knew that was coming, but that started July 1st last year. Um, then USC and UCLA, um, just everything seems to be uh, moving so quickly. Coaching changes, Lincoln Riley to USC, Brian Kelly to LSU. Um, the last year has definitely been total chaos in college football. Yeah, it's been a lot of chaos. The thing that struck me is I spoke with Commissioner Sankey last week with Billy Lucci on this show. 
um, and how calm and unflappable he was. And he's like, look, we don't have to do anything. Like, we're fine at 16. Um, we, we don't need or necessarily want to expand right now. Uh, obviously, still open to, to expanding at the right time. You got the Big Ten, I feel, seeming more open to it, especially with the reports that are out right now about the other schools from the Pac-12 that they could poach potentially. I think both are probably telling the, tru- uh, the truth in their, in their own kind of way. Yeah, well, I think Kevin Warren really wants to change the image of the Big Ten. I think it was seen as um, kind of a stuffy conference that didn't like changes. And I think he wants to be very forward looking. Um, You know, he seems very open to the idea of adding two more teams and expanding the college football playoff, whereas the SEC is kind of the king of the hill. And whatever changes other people want to make, um, they're happy to go along with that. Um, But I think Kevin Warren wants to be seen as now one of the two power uh, conferences in college football. Yeah. So I, do you actually see though, like, is there real value right now at them adding today? Like, or where they're at right now? Um, I mean, I think it all is dependent on what happens with Notre Dame. I think they want to wait and see if Notre Dame is willing to join the big 10, you know, it's not going to happen this off season, but maybe in a year or two, um, then based on what Notre Dame does, I think they'd want to go get one more team and whether that's Oregon or Stanford or Washington or whether they go into the ACC and try and get a team from there. Um, If they were to add Notre Dame and then one other power school, um, I think that would be um, really exciting for the Big Ten. If they don't get Notre Dame, um, then you kind of reassess based on where other things are going and what happens with the Big 12 and the the Pac-12. Jim, let's just, for instance, say that they do add Notre Dame next year. Does that in a way force the SEC's hand to act sooner than they want? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be very clear then that we're going to 16-team super conferences. And I think, you know, I think the SEC is kind of waiting. I think Clemson seems like the most obvious addition at this point, and then maybe Florida State. And the big holdup with that is the grant of rights um, that they've given to the ACC. Now, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I know that there's talk of, hey, if you pay enough money, you can get out of that. And if the SEC is willing to uh, guarantee enough money, then – and and, you know, kind of we're in that nuclear arms race at that point, then I think you could see that happen. Um, so I think, you know, we're waiting on Notre Dame and then, and then I would expect uh, Clemson, Florida State. Um, I know Miami's in the mix. I don't think that's as lucrative as, as a Clemson or a Florida State, um, but that would seem like the, the obvious next steps. Jim, a year ago and in several times over the last decade, it felt like the Big 12 was done, right? Yet here they are potentially able to step up to be the third conference, the fourth conference in, the, in that mix. Um, have you heard any traction going on with Big 12 and potentially adding the Arizona schools, maybe the, uh, the, the Pac-12 left schools? Like, how are you seeing that kind of um, play out? Yeah, I mean, we've seen the rumors about uh, the Big 12 rating the Pac-12 after the reports that the Big T- Pac-12 didn't want to merge with the Big 12. So I wouldn't be surprised if they add a couple teams here. Now, I know Stuart Mandel of The Athletic just wrote a column about how much more lucrative the Pac-12 schools are than people – uh, realized without USC and UCLA that the ratings were actually much higher than the Big 12 schools without Texas and Oklahoma. So, you know, I really don't know what will happen at this point. I remember, you know, USC and UCLA, no one knew that was going to happen. Then there was a tweet from John, John Wilner, who was a Pac-12 insider. And then later that day, it was official from USC and UCLA. So I've really given up on trying to guess what will happen next, but nothing would surprise me at this point. 
All right, when you think about our the school that we cover here, Texas A&M, and there's a lot of promise there. People, I think, used last season as a, as a well, that's just what A&M does. They just eventually end up 8-4, and 9-3. Not really looking, peeling back the curtain that, yeah, they had a backup quarterback and other major I- issues. Their starting center was out. One of their starting wide receivers out. A lot of things we can go into. But uh, when you look about them this year, do you see them with a the chance to hit it big? I mean, certainly in terms of the talent, I think that they're right there. Um, I think the big three everyone talks about is Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. And then Texas A&M is right in that next group of teams that can make the college football playoff. Um, I certainly think they'll be favored in every game except for at Alabama. And it really comes down to, one, the quarterback play. Who is it going to be, Max Johnson or Haynes King? And will they live up to all the hype and potential they have? And two, um, how will the defense do? And all the young, talented player on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think most people have kind of circled 2023 as the year that Texas A&M should uh, compete for a national title. Um, but I certainly think there's no reason they can't get into the college football playoff. Um, you know, the, the big thing will be, you know, if they don't win at Alabama, then can the SEC get three teams in? Because you would expect Alabama and or Georgia to get in. And then can Texas A&M be a third team from the SEC? We'll have to see uh, how good the other teams from other conferences are. If they do hit it big with quarterback, that changes the complete narrative, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, certainly, you know, like I said, they've got plenty of playmakers, Devin A-Chain, Anaya Smith. Um, I know that people like to make the joke that they always start hot going back to the Kevin Sumlin days and then kind of stumble down the finish. Um, but certainly talent is there. And the SEC, aside from Alabama, and they don't have to play uh, Georgia in the crossover game, um, there's no reason why they can't win every other game. Are you big on Jimbo, the job that he's done throughout his career, Florida State and Texas A&M? Yeah, you know, I, I think people like to uh, poke fun at Jimbo, um, you know, especially because of the spat he had with Nick Saban. Um, but certainly the fact that he won a national championship at Florida State and the fact that he beat uh, Nick Saban last year with a backup quarterback and Zach Calzada, um, you know, th- I think this is going to be a pivotal year. If he can go out and make the college football playoff um, after the recruiting success he's had, then I think you have to say, um, you know, he's, he's lived up to uh, the, the huge contract that they've given him. Um, I, th- I think it's easy to make fun of him because they gave him $100 million. Um, and up until this point, um, he hasn't made the college football playoff. But uh, everything's in front of him this year uh, to live up to that contract. Let me uh, respond to that for a moment because I hear that often. And I think they should have been in the college football playoffs in 2020, 9-1 uh, and one in an all-SEC season. And it's funny, like people don't bring up Lincoln Riley's contract that much. People don't bring up um, Mel Tucker's contract, who hasn't done half of what Jimbo Fisher's done. It, it, why do you think it's with Jimbo? Because he was first? I mean, I, I think there's a little bit going back to Florida State and the Jameis Winston and feeling like um, Jimbo was uh, not that tough on Jameis Winston. Um, so I feel like there was kind of some resentment over there and then feeling like um, just that he's, he's um, you know, uh, been a lot of hype going back to being assistant for Nick Saban. Um, and that I, I think there's just general backlash to anyone that gets that much praise and um, gets that much money. Um, now we'll see. Um, like I said, he has all the talent on the roster to make the college football playoff this year. Yep, in the hardest division in all of college football. Who's your surprise team there in the SEC? 
I mean, I know that a lot of people have talked about this team breaking out this year, so I don't know how big of a surprise it is, but I think Tennessee uh, with Hendon Hooker, as we said, quarterback play is everything, and I think he's probably the second best quarterback in the SEC. Um, Tennessee's defense is obviously not where it needs to be. Um, but, you know, aside from Georgia in the SEC East, I think it's pretty wide open. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Tennessee. I mean, I don't expect them to win the East over Georgia, but maybe come in second win uh, nine games would be would be a fantastic uh, second season um, for Josh Heupel. I feel like Arkansas is one of those teams that is listed as um, potential equals to the A&M's tier. Um, but they've also lost some players as well. If they've done well in the transfer portal, how do you see Arkansas season go? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're at the same level as Texas A&M this year. I think they're kind of a, uh, they're in a top 25, maybe like a top 20 team, um, but they lost a lot on defense. Um, I think everyone was really surprised by how well they've done under Sam Pittman and KJ Jefferson is obviously a, a really good quarterback and was a great surprise last year. Um, I, I don't think they're at the same level, though, as uh, Alabama and Texas A&M and the SEC West. Talking to Jim Weber on the uh, BCSI hotline. Uh, let's talk Miami, a team that a and going to play, a team that's got a lot of hype. I get it. They've picked up some big names. they got a really good quarterback. I still don't know how good they're going to be because uh, their schedule last year, when they won games, it wasn't necessarily against quality opponents. Uh, is Miami worth the hype? I think they're certainly headed in the right direction. I mean, Mario Cristobal, I think, was a really solid hire. And you have John Ruiz, who's kind of their uh, sugar daddy down there that's bringing in recruits and uh, people in the transfer portal. So I think the future's bright. Um, they played much better in the second half of, of last season with Tyler Van Dyke as quarterback. I think they're also kind of a fringe top 25 team. And the SEC, ACC is a little bit down, so they can do really well there. But I, I don't think that they'll go into – uh, college station and win. Um, so I, I think the future's bright, but next year is not, um, you know, where, where they'll be competing for the college football playoff. What about Clemson? Do they get back? Because um, again, for them, just like AM, it comes back to quarterback play. Yeah, you know, they, they won 10 games with basically nothing at quarterback. And I think it all comes down to how well DJ Ugungale, uh, I can never pronounce his last name, but how well he plays. Um, they certainly have plenty of talent on defense. Um, you know, losing Brent Venables to Oklahoma will be a little bit of an adjustment. Um, but I, I think they'll be um, in the mix in the ACC to win the, the ACC title. Um, I don't think they're at the same level they were a couple years ago where they can win a national title. Um, but I think they can compete in the ACC um, to win the conference uh, this year. All right, Jim, last thing for you. What about USC? Kind of similar to Miami, a lot of buzz. Um, and they picked up some talent. There's no doubt about that. In an easier conference as well. How does their season play out? Yeah, I think it's similar to Miami in that I, I think they'll compete for the Pac-12 title. I don't think they're at the point yet where they can win a national title. Um, they've just brought in so many offensive playmakers. Uh, Mario Williams, the wide receiver. Caleb Williams, the quarterback from Oklahoma. Travis Dye, the running back from Oregon. Uh, Jordan Addison, the Belitnikoff winner from Pitt. So I certainly think they'll be explosive on offense. Um, defense is another issue. Um, now, I know the Pac-12 is not very strong this year. Um, you got Bo Nix, a quarterback at Oregon, so we'll see how that pans out. Um, I, I think they'll be in the mix to win the Pac-12 title. Um, I don't think you know winning a national title is a realistic expectation year one for, for Lincoln Riley. Hey, Jim, great job, man. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again. All right, thank you. Thank you, Jim Weber there on the BCSI Hotline. Now it is time for the Human Performance Minute, presented by Huffines Institute for Sports Performance at Texas A&M. The website is huffinesinstitute.org. Here's producer Navika Kumar 
on how to turn bad habits into good ones. Whether it's biting your nails, slouching, or a disorganized desk, bad habits are all created, broken, and changed the same way. According to The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, each habit has a cue, routine, and reward. A cue is a trigger that causes you to perform the habit. The routine is the habit itself, for example, biting your nails. The reward can be anything that satisfies the craving. To change a habit, you need to identify the routine, experiment with the rewards, isolate the cues, and have a plan. The routine, for example, you might hit the snooze button too many times, which is the behavior you want to change. Try to adjust the routine so it provides a different reward, like placing the alarm next to the coffee machine. Then try to figure out the trigger for the routine. Finally, create a new plan so that the same cue will lead you to a different routine and another reward. For more sports medicine news and knowledge, check out the Huffines Institute at huffinesinstitute.org. Until next time, this is Navika Kumar wishing you an active and healthy week. Closing out the show, it's TechSax Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Reminder, um, one of the things about being an Aggie that's so great is to uh, hang out at an Aggie game day, that experience to meet students and, and seeing just the love that we have for our school. How about the love you have for your loved one out there? That's why David Gardner, that's my segue. That's why David Gardner's um, is celebrating Aggie football with an Aggie football game day experience. Engagement rings purchased between July 21st and August 6th are entered to win. Swing by or learn more at uh, davidgardnersjewelers.com. You know what? bugs me about traditional media. And, and look, it's nobody's fault. I'm sure I fall into the trap as well. But you hear talking points, and then they become your talking points. And then you don't think about the big picture. People who bring up Jimbo's contract still, and in articles, and in commentary, bug me. Because if he were the only one who had a big 10-year deal, I mean, it would bug me that people talk about it. But like, he's not the only one. Why don't people talk about Lincoln Riley's contract? They talk about Lincoln Riley going to the Pac-12 and you know how he's going to be able to win. The, you, Brian Kelly goes to the SEC. Look, I think Brian Kelly's a heck of a coach. He hasn't coached in the SEC yet. He hasn't done anything. He gets a huge contract. Okay, uh, Mel Tucker. I like Mel Tucker. He's doing really good work at Michigan State. I don't care that they gave him a big contract. They don't talk about the others. They just talk about Jimbo when it comes to it. And there are other people with big contracts who have done less. Can you use that in your talking points? Anybody out there who does a show, anybody who writes a little column, like, you know, it's, why does it have to go to the contract? The $10 million man. How about the national championship head coach with the number one recruiting class? How about that? That, the number one recruiting class is more recent than the contract. Like, and there's other people who have big deals. And there are NBA players that make $35 million a year that have accomplished a ninth of what Jimbo has. I can't believe they're paying him that. But we're going to pay this backup $35 million to not... How about, what's his name, um, who just signed with the Clippers? Um, what am I thinking about? The, the point guard from the Rockets, who for two years was making like $35 million and didn't play. Like, just, I'll just hang out. I'll just hang out here. No big deal. Let's go to Anna Rosa Peterson with a quick text message. Yes, so we have a text from Jim in Temple, and he says to our previous comment about Mississippi State Cowbells, let's stop worrying about it. It's part of their tradition, and it just isn't going away. Actually, the best way to handle it is for our Ags to go over there, beat the crap out of them in front, start to finish between the boundary lines, and that should take care of the Cowbells. Two I'll things. i say that's about right. 
nobody's worried about the cowbells. I think it was more about it was kind of annoying, right? Uh, nobody's worried about it. And John Wall was the, the guy I was thinking about. I don't know why I blanked on his name. He's making like $40 million. Hey, you guys go ahead and play. I'll just watch from here. How about Jimbo? I coach from here. I coach from there. I coach from everywhere. That's a sound bite. All right. Uh, tomorrow on the program. What do we got? I don't even know. I don't know. I know I got to email Louie and tell him what's on the show, but I don't have it yet. I haven't booked it. So when I book it, you'll know it. But I know the fan show's coming up. That's for sure. We'll have that. We'll have some great commentary from OB. And uh, I know this also. Raheel is going to be in studio. My buddy on Friday with Lucci. My buddy Raheel from No Layups fame. He'll be with us for an hour on Friday and tomorrow. 22 and 22. Do you know what that is? Last year was 21 and 21. This year's 22 and 22. Figure it out. We begin that tomorrow. It's Texas Radio. We'll see you manana. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.